Hi, I'm Carmen LaBerge. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen LaBerge. Helping you wake up, remembering this is our Father's world. This is Mornings with Carmen LaBerge on Faith Radio. Welcome to the second hour of Mornings with Carmen on this Monday, the 13th of January, 2020. Some of my persistent questions. Where in the word are you today? Uh, We're good at geolocating where in the world we are. How good are we at locating where we are in the word? Now, there's two ways to approach this question, at least two ways. Uh, There is the book, chapter, and verse answer to the question. So I am in Acts chapter 13. Um, I am also in Psalm 119, which is the preaching series we're going through at church. I'm also in Ephesians because my husband, Jim, is teaching a course on the book of Ephesians right now. And so I am uh, alongside him in that study. Um, There's also uh, this effort at my church for people to memorize the book of Ephesians uh, this calendar year. And so I am in Ephesians. But let me just go ahead and confess. Uh, I'm not a good memorizer, and so that's a challenge for me. But those are some of the places that I am in terms of book, chapter, and verse. Where where are you in the Word? Where in the Word are you today? There's another way to answer this question. I had a conversation. Uh, I teach uh, 7th and 8th grade Sunday school. I'm a part of the teaching team. And I had a conversation after uh, class yesterday with a student who apparently uh, listens at least sometimes to this via podcast Um, and so she said, um, so every time you ask, like, where in the word are you? I wonder if you're asking me, am I abiding in Christ today? And I thought, yes, yes. That is a question that I am asking. Yes. It's not just a book of the Bible chapter and verse question. It's a, it is a question about whether or not today you're abiding in Christ, the one who is the very word of God. Um, are you Are you in the vine in such a way that his life is coursing through you into the world through the production of good fruit, good faithful fruit? I mean, I I thought it was a great um, uh, seventh grade question. Wowzers, right? I know. I know. You're now thinking um, Carmen has an intimidating Sunday school class. Yes, she does. Um, So as you hear the question today, where in the word are you today? you may immediately have a book, chapter, and verse answer to the question. I hope you certainly have an affirmative answer to the question, are you abiding in Christ? Are you in Christ in such a way that he is also in you, animating your life by the power of his Holy Spirit, um, bringing you into greater and greater conformity with his own image? that you and I would be more conformed to Christ today, that indeed the Holy Spirit, which lives within us, inhabits our bodies, like, right, it takes up residence in these temples that, um, you know, maybe it's cleanup day in the temple, uh, in your particular temple of the Holy Spirit that is your body. Um, Maybe it's cleanup day in the mind. Maybe today's the day that that your mind needs to um, be cleaned by Christ, where he takes every thought captive 
It's one of Paul's images that he offers us. What does it look like today to abide in Christ? Maybe you need to rest in him. Maybe there is um, an opportunity to find some peace in Christ. He is the peace which passes all understanding, and he offers it to us as the Prince of Peace. Maybe that's how you need to abide in Christ today. Um, Some of the ways in which I need to abide in Christ from day to day uh, would be that I would rely more wholly, more fully um, on God. I recognize that he's sovereign. I also recognize that he's available. Do I lean into that? Do I lean on that? Do I rely on that? Do, do I recognize that as I am yoked to Christ, he's really carrying the burden, um, and I just get to long, come alongside under his, um, you know, to mix metaphors here, un, under, you know, uh, under the wonderful assurance of his out, outstretched wings. All right, so uh, where in the Word are you today? I hope you have a book, chapter, and verse to answer to the question. I also hope you have an affirmative answer to the question in terms of abiding in Christ. Up next, I've got Valerie Burton. Uh, most recently, author of Life Coaching for Successful Woman, Women. I consider myself a successful woman. I'm going to test that against her definition. Uh, and we're also going to talk about the questions that each and every one of us can be asking ourselves in this new year uh, as we seek to live lives that are full and abundant and, yes, successful. That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. Okay, I already like Valerie Burton, um, I, in part because, you know, she drives herself to work. And so um, she's a couple of minutes away from being with us, parking her car right now. And so um, we're just going to acknowledge that, and we are going to uh, provide a little buffer for her to get here. So I'm going to read. I love the way she leads off her book, by the way. Okay, so we're going to talk with Valerie Burton in just a minute. Um, the book... Uh, about which we are talking. Let me get back to the title page here. Life Coaching for Successful Women. Listen to this resilience checklist that leads off the book. Uh, So she says, before you dive into the first section of the book, read these statements and check only those that are true of you today. So I'm just going to do part of the resilience checklist because it's really long, but I'm going to do part of it. Okay. So um, which ones of these are true of you today? I know my purpose and live it every day. I'm not withholding forgiveness from anyone. Fear is not stopping me from moving forward on my most meaningful goals. I maintain a positive outlook most of the time. I have a strong support system of friends and family. I'm spiritually mature and aware of God working in my life. I'm in a good place emotionally. I am whole and well. My life is fulfilling and meaningful. I have a deep sense of joy and experience inner peace daily. Okay, so the list, the resilience list um, is is really provocative. I will tell you um, that if you start with the resilience list and then you move into these powerful questions and practical answers um, that that Valerie provides in this book, I'm just telling you, you not only be convicted, you'll be blessed. So I've got Valerie Burton with us now. She's a best-selling author. She's a certified personal and executive coach. She served clients uh, in, in, well, really all over the world, certainly across the country. She's a regular contributor on all kinds of television programs, so you've probably seen her. I'm hoping you will recognize her voice and that you will sign up for her weekly e-newsletter at ValerieBurton.com. She's here to talk today about her newest book, um, which is Life Coaching for Successful Women. Valerie, welcome to Mornings with Carmen. Oh, thank you so much for having me. 
Okay, this is really like Carmen's self-help portion of the show. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so I'm going to lead off with this question. How, how are you defining success and why focus on successful women? Well, I define success as a harmony of purpose, resilience, and joy, meaning you understand why you're here. Like, what is your purpose? How are people's lives better when they cross paths with you? Um, resilience, because we really can't be successful if we don't constantly bounce back. Um, you know, any big goal tends to lead at some point to failure or disappointment or discouragement, and we have to keep getting up and learning the lessons and moving forward. And then joy. I just don't think there is success with no joy. And so being able to find that sense of joy, that sense of, you know, what am I here for and what is it that kind of gives me that spark? Um, because that reverberates out to other people. So that's the definition of success, purpose, resilience, and joy. And then my focus on successful women um, is largely because that's my mission. Although my message tends to resonate a lot with men. And sometimes I get these emails that are like, like I wrote a book, successful women think differently. And they're like, when is successful men think differently coming out? (laughs) (laughs) Um, But um, women in particular, I think we have... um, a lot of challenges that are unique to us, especially women who are interested in improving themselves and so forth. Um, Just that pull of home and work. um, We know that women uh, are more likely to become depressed. Um, We are more likely to be perfectionists. We are much harder on ourselves. And we tend not to have as much confidence as men. And that's all research-based. And so there are some things that we need to know and do that may be a bit different uh, from men. Okay, so I'm talking with Valerie Burton. You can follow her on Facebook and Instagram at Valerie Burton. You can also find her website, ValerieBurton.com. We're talking specifically today about life coaching for successful women. And the book is really a series of questions, powerful questions, practical answers is the subtitle. Um, mm-hmm. it, talk about this um, this question format. First of all, I love the resilience checklist. Um, and then I love this question format. I can tell you that just by reading, um, if people were just to go to Amazon and read the um, the content page, like right, one of the things one of the things that right there one of the things that I mean, you know, if they're like me. They're going to say, okay, I know I need chapter eight. What is your procrastination telling you? Like, right? I mean, I, yeah. there are questions yeah. in here that are so provocative. Why this question format? Well, I discovered coaching after I first started writing. So I wrote my first book. I can't believe it's 20, 20 years ago, 1999. Um, and I began doing a lot of media. I used to be in PR. And so I had a lot of friends in media. And oh, come on my show. And they kept calling me a life coach. And I would argue with them. <laughs> I'm not a life coach. I'm just helping people live more fulfilling lives. And so I started looking into coaching and I became trained as a coach. And then I went back to grad school for positive psychology. And what I really have discovered is that most of us don't ask the right questions. We deal with challenges, dilemmas, and even opportunities. And we're just looking for the answers. What is the next thing I should do? And a lot of times what we need to do is step back And be really curious about our emotions, about our responses, about our fears, because when we do that and we're honest in our answers, we really get the steps and the approach that we need. And so this is full of questions because coaching is all about asking the right questions. And it's worked in my life. It's helped me get through 
some of the most difficult challenges in my life from divorce to, you know, getting to almost 40 and not having kids and not being married and thinking this isn't the way I planned my life, um, but I still have hope. Um, and being able to maintain that hope, even though it sometimes felt silly or, you know, am I, am I fooling myself, being able to coach myself to the point where, um, you know, I'm, I'm married to the love of my life and we have three kids and it's for me personal, I know it works. And so I wanted a book format that helped people to learn how to coach themselves. Okay. So I can tell you that, um, oh, and I I realized, Paul, we got to take a break. So don't worry. I'm jumping to that in just a second. Valerie, (laughs) um, Paul, Paul keeps me on task. Um, uh, I know that as a person who resonates with much of that, uh, I recognize that questions actually make me make me more curious. They make they force yeah. me into a conversation with myself and others um, that leads places that I I wouldn't otherwise go. And so I just I really yeah. appreciate the format of the book as well. All right, I'm going to continue my conversation in just a moment with Valerie Burton. We're talking specifically today about her newest book, Life Coaching for Successful Women, Powerful Questions, Practical Answers, but you can check out everything that Valerie is doing at ValerieBurton.com. We'll be right back. I see you dressed in Continuing my conversation with Valerie Burton, um, we're talking specifically today about her newest book, Life Coaching for Successful Women, Powerful Questions, Practical Answers. But there's a lot going on in Valerie's uh, spheres of influence and orbs. So I'm going to send you to ValerieBurton.com um, to check out everything that she's doing and to connect with her uh, directly as well. Um, so, Valerie, let's um, let's talk about a couple of things specifically from the book. Um, how do I reset my mindset and why would I want to do that? Hmm. Well, so often I think we can get really stuck um, in a negative place. And actually research shows that when we have negative thoughts, they just attract more of those negative thoughts. And and uh, for many of us, we're just trying to stay encouraged. So mm. having a growth mindset that says, okay, where I am today is just where I'm starting. The more effort I put in, the more I'm willing to learn and grow out of situations, the better place that I'm going to be. And so I think for a lot of us, Things don't go the way we planned it, and we see that as a condemnation as opposed to seeing it as an opportunity, and it's essential that we see it as an opportunity. It's like a switch. It goes off. It becomes more of a challenge. Oh, maybe there's something I'm supposed to learn because maybe God has some new place for me to go, or maybe there's something he's trying to show me, or maybe there's a way that he's trying to use me. And so when we shift our mindset, it really can change our entire approach to the challenges that we deal with. So um, even just by reading some of the questions that are the um, provocateurs of each chapter, um, instead of being happy when, will you be happy while? Like even just that question, without reading the chapter, let me just tell you that reading that question makes me think about how I think. Yeah. We often have this idea that I'll be happy when, and Mm. you know, you fill in the blank. When mm-hmm. I get the relationship, when I get that promotion, when I have more money, when the debt's paid off, when my kids go off to college, what, you know, whatever it is, you fill in the blank. And the challenge for us is to be happy while we are on our way to whatever it is we're praying for and working towards. And so, you know, for, and that question for me came, you know, I mentioned going through divorce, that question came for me 
literally I was up one morning making up my bed and praying out loud, like, okay, God, I'm almost 40. Um, in case you forgot, you know, I'm going to pray this prayer one more time. <laughs> you know, could you fix this situation? You know, I, I really still want to be married. I asked you to take the desire away if it's not what you want for me. And I just heard something in my spirit, which was very simple. Valerie, there's nothing to fix. You need to mm. learn to be happy right now. And it was a be happy right now. Like it was I, as simple as it sounds. I was holding my happiness hostage to my mm. circumstances. When I get what I've been praying for, then I can be happy. And the idea that I could just make a decision right now to be grateful for everything I had in my life and to be happy where I was, was life-changing. And the interesting thing to me is when I just decided I was going to be happy right where I was, it wasn't long after that, that my husband connected with me. Just so happened that we grew up together in Colorado and he happened to be walking through an airport. He's a pilot and saw one of my books and tagged me on Facebook. That's we were so already fun, friends. right? Yeah. But for me, it was the decision that I wasn't waiting on something to happen in order to be happy. It was like suddenly... No, just just live fully right where you are, even if it's not exactly where you want to be, because that's life. That's most of life is that we're we're somewhere and we're trying to get somewhere else. But but we need to learn to find our joy and our appreciation right where we are. So in addition to the resilience checklist, um, which then takes us through the first portion of the book, we have a relationships checklist. We have yeah. a hope checklist. Um, and then we have this uh, coaching uh, toolkit. And yeah. um, I think that one of the things that I find really kind of fascinating about what you've done in life coaching for successful women is you've actually put everything together so that I can really sort of walk through my own coaching process as a successful woman. I can work this into um, my own schedule, you know, as it fits. I can jump around in the book to things that yes. sort of the questions that I need to address in a certain season um, or things that are really like, I need the procrastination chapter right now. Like, right? That's the one <laughs> yeah. I need right now. Other people are going to need other chapters right now. Um, and so I really, I appreciate that the way that it is put together. Um, Thank you. What What's the role of faith in all of this for you? Well, for me, every major decision, every major difficulty in my life has always hinged on hearing from God and God speaking to me. Or me not listening <laughs> when he, when I didn't get answers that I wanted and the consequences that came from that. So at the core, we have to learn to get quiet. Um, you know, I believe Jesus himself was a great life coach. I have a whole series of questions uh, in the book of, you know, questions that I believe Jesus would ask based on scripture. And some of them are questions he asked, like, you know, you have little faith. What are you afraid of? I mean, we have to acknowledge when we're afraid. And then call out what exactly we're afraid of. Most of the time, when we call it out, we realize that it's not anything that needs to stop us, that it literally is just a decision. And when we know that God's with us wherever we go, then we realize it's an opportunity to walk in faith. So for me, success is about making sure you're doing what God's called you to do. And so that's at the core of all of it. That's at the core of your purpose. I love it. You are... Um... You are a substantial, beautiful, living demonstration of God's redemptive power and then the mm. way that you're sharing that with other people. And 
um, and extending that grace to more and more people. It's just, it's beautiful. And so thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for the book. Uh, Valerie's website is ValerieBurton.com. The book is Life Coaching for Successful Women, Powerful Questions, Practical Answers. Thank you so much uh, for joining oh, us thank today. thank you. I so appreciate it. Thank you. What a blessing. Thank you so much. We'll be right back. Okay, so when we uh, we think about the things that we take into our bodies, that which we ingest, that which we digest, that which we feast upon, that which we inhale, that which we look upon, that which we listen to, um, all of those ways in which we are taking things into um, our bodies, and they're influencing us not only physically, they're in- influencing us emotionally, they're influencing the way we think, they're influencing Um, the way we feel. They're influencing um, our ability to do the things in the world that God has called us to do. So let's uh, be mindful of that which John Stone Street just talked about and not only apply it to this conversation about marijuana, let's apply it to, um, to everything that we taste and see and smell and touch and digest and ingest and read and listen to and watch. Um, all of these things are influencing who we are and how we uh, respond and are able to do what God has called us to do in the world today. All right, a lot going on in Iran, a lot going on with the royal family um, in Great Britain. So next up, a conversation with Dr. David Aikman. We'll be right back. Okay, so um, every day we post the podcast for this program Uh, at MyFaithRadio.com. And so maybe you heard that Valerie Burton conversation and you're saying to yourself, wow, I'd really like to share that with a woman in my life. That's really a book I would like to um, know more about. um, Or those are some questions, some provocative questions um, I would like to circle back around. Or I'd like to share those with a friend that maybe... Um, is is walking in fear or distress or you know not really uh, really not living on purpose and for God's purpose right now. Well, so the way that you do that is later today you go to myfaithradio.com and you grab the podcast for this program and then you just share that podcast in a text message or via an email um, with with your friend. And so we want to encourage you to do that. That's one of the ways you become an ambassador of this ministry to others. So check out MyFaithRadio.com, grab the podcast from today's show, and share it with someone new. We'll be right back. Acts 2 and verse 38 records the sermon of the Apostle Peter. In it, he said, Turn back to God. Be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ so that your sins will be forgiven. This is Max Locato. We cherish pardon, don't we? And God offers it. He does not give us what we deserve. He has drenched this world in grace. It has no end. It knows no limits. It empowers this life and enables us to live in the next. God offers second chances like a soup kitchen offers meals to everyone who asks. And that includes you. Make sure you receive his pardon. And once you do, pass it on. We all need it. This is Max Locato. My name is Bond, James Bond. Joining me now, Dr. David Aikman, editor of Godspeed Magazine. Um, David, welcome back. Thank you. Nice to hear you. 
belatedly happy new year. Well, belatedly happy new year to you as well. Okay, so um, Iran, I feel like this is a giant subject matter area for today. So many developments in the Iran situation just in the last few days. Um, For those listeners who do not yet know, Iran has taken responsibility for the downing um, of that Ukrainian airliner, killing everyone on board. And the people of Iran um, have have really responded in fairly dramatic fashion. They have turned their ire on their own government and there are huge protests across the country. Um, what are you what are you seeing, David, and um, and and help us interpret these events even as they unfold? Well, I think one of the most interesting videos I saw this morning was of a group of Iranians walking along a a painted United States flag and also a painted Israeli flag on a street in Tehran, and bystanders shouting, shameless, shameless. In other words, they were completely alien to the the Iranian Islamic regime's um, sort of propaganda efforts to blame everything on Israel and the United States and to admit its own follies. And I think that the basic thrust of these anti-regime protests today is an accumulated sense of rage at the lies they have been told for several years. Because don't forget, this all comes on the back of several weeks of angry demonstrations against the regime, ruthlessly crushed in November by the Afij, the militia, um, actually shooting probably as many as 1,500 Iranians. So I think this could mark the beginning, the beginning of the downfall of the regime. Okay, that's a pretty, I mean, I agree with you, but that's a pretty dramatic thing for you and I to be saying um, about Iran. Um, I am, uh, the the uprising of the Iranian people in um, really moral opposition, this is really moral opposition to um, their country's current leadership. I mean, that's a, I mean, I, we, it is hard for us, David. It's well, it's hard for me as a as an American to um, see what has taken place over the course of the year in Hong Kong, and then to pivot right. and look at what's happening now on the streets of Iran. We are talking about people in moral uprising against oppressive regimes. You're absolutely right, Carmen. That's a very important insight, and I remember that's the insight I had in Czechoslovakia in 1989, when the regime was throwing out the communists. It was so obvious that it wasn't specifically political. It was absolutely moral. The Czechs were outraged by the way their culture and national history had been taken over and perverted by communist propaganda and ideology. And that's exactly the situation, an analogous situation in Iran. The ideology that's taken over the Persian identity is, of course, the Islamic Republic, which is a minority thuggish point of view that is despised by so many Iranians. So, David, um, 
I'm sure that the uh, the story in Iran is one that you and I will uh, have the opportunity to continue to follow in the coming weeks. Why don't we take a very brief break? And when we come back, um, if you'll tell us the election results in Taiwan and why they matter. That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. I am talking with Dr. David Aikman, editor of Godspeed Magazine. And we'll be right back. And we'll never be Okay, we are going to get to a conversation about the royals in Great Britain uh, and all that's going on there. But before we do, um, Dr. Aikman, would you give us an update on the election in Taiwan and why it matters? Well, it really matters because it's basically basically been a referendum for the for the Taiwanese people on what's been happening in Hong Kong, the so-called one country, two systems that the communists imposed on Hong Kong is completely broken down. And the people of Taiwan have absolutely voted with their feet, 8 million to 5 million for the DPP candidate, Tsai Ing-wen, and totally demolished the opposition Kuomintang party of uh, Han Boyi. And this is going to infuriate the Chinese Communist Party. Because, yet again, they completely misjudged the political atmosphere in Taiwan, and they thought the sort of pro-Beijing KMT candidate would simply motor into power. Well, that hasn't happened, and it's been a a punch on the nose for, for the Beijing regime. So, um, in terms of people who care about not only democracy, but we care about religious freedom, um, we certainly want to be in continuing support of the people of Taiwan. Um, this is a pretty uh, significant statement um, against Beijing. It'll be interesting to see uh, how, if and how they respond in terms of people over whom they do have direct influence, including the people of Hong Kong. Yes? Absolutely. I mean, this is, yet again, as though we haven't already heard enough, um, public response and public rejection of the approach to politics and espoused by the Chinese Communist Party. That is an evil regime, and it needs to be spelled out clearly for people who don't understand. It's an evil regime that is imposing an evil system of power on its own people and trying to do it for everybody else, too. Okay, now you and I are going to pivot and we are going to have the conversation that everybody in America wants to have, and that is a conversation about the British royal family. Uh, We have a lot of palace intrigue, right? A lot of, I mean, I can't imagine my, uh, the generosity of God toward me that I would have you on the show this morning to Tell us, what is going on with Prince Harry, and is he going to move to the United States? Would we, would we find ourselves so blessed to have a British royal among us? Well, I, I don't know whether he would be blessed to have a royal among you who had basically chosen to discard his own royal family and probably was not in great popularity with most British people or taking this position. I mean, it's an extraordinary thing, and I don't know which comes first, the horse or the cart. It's clear that uh, Prince Harry's marriage to Meghan has substantially changed his view on a lot of things. 
I remember shortly after he got married, he announced that he'd become a feminist, which is a kind of funny thing for a, a, a man to say he's become, unless he's sort of really red-hot liberal. But since then, she has made, uh, Meghan Markle has made a number of uh, sort of not unreasonable, fairly, fairly straightforward uh, statements about how she wants to live her life. And he seems to have drifted into a position of society that he's just not comfortable being an ancillary member of the royal family, uh, cutting ribbons to open new hospitals and so forth, but he wants to run his own show. Whether that came from Meghan Markle or not, I don't know. He describes himself as a progressive, whatever that is. But in any event, he's actually got a swath, not just of the royal family, but of British public opinion against him, because he essentially seems to be abdicating his royal obligation in a way not dissimilar from the manner in which Edward VIII abdicated the throne to marry Wallace Simpson in 1936. So he's put himself in a very unenviable position where he wants to have the benefits of royalty, the official recognition, the, the uh, security protection and so forth, without the obligations which requires you to do a thousand and one jobs every month that you have no interest in doing. So I think we have to go back to the whole issue of why he chose Meghan to be his wife, when he must have realized that it would go completely against everything she was comfortable with. I think there's so many worldview conversations that we could have, um, you know, from our perspective here in the United States, the whole conversation about uh, a monarchy and, uh, and and the way in which the royals um, affect public life and the way in which the people of the nation um, support the royal family. Like those those from a uh, from an American um, worldview conversation are interesting but the the worldview conversation david in terms of people who are distinguished as royal as opposed uh, over and against those who are deemed to be common um is also i think a, a provocative conversation for us as christians well it is because uh the very concept of royalty implies a genetic distinction between one group of people and the rest of us. And one group of people is the royal family, whose lineage can be traced back centuries. And the rest of us are people who are not part of that ilk. But on the other hand, it's come to be expected by most British people that if you're born into the royal family, you take all of the privileges that come with it along with the obligations that go with the job. And I think what has shocked many in the UK, in England particularly, is that Prince Harry seems to have decided he likes part of the job of being um, a member of the royal family. He likes traveling to different countries, picking up the very worthy causes. But he really doesn't like the obligation to be a public figure 
constantly in the limelight of, of the paparazzi and having to sort of perform a ceremony which he has no care for. So he's really neither in nor out, and it'll be very interesting this week to see what the Queen decides to do about this situation of his. I mean, obviously, he offended her deeply by not bringing the topic up with her in conversation before going public, as he did a few days ago. So for those of you listening who are not aware, uh, Prince Harry will reportedly meet today with Queen Elizabeth, uh, Prince Charles and Prince William. Uh, His wife, Meghan, is currently in Canada. And so if she participates in the meeting, uh, presumably it will be by by phone. Um, The meeting was called by the Queen, who intends to, um, you know, work out a solution here to Harry and Meghan's announcement that they would like to step back. Uh, from their responsibilities as senior royals. So this will be a a conversation that we continue to have. I think that as Christians, maybe one of the conversations that we could have today is as children of the king and ambassadors of the kingdom, are there ways in which we like to take advantage of the fact that we are people who are saved by grace, but we don't always want to um, take on the responsibility of representing our king or his kingdom in the midst of the kingdoms of this world? Maybe that is a uh, a worldview conversation we could have as Christians, no matter where we live today um, on this great globe. All right, David, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, we, we, we need to continue the conversation not only about uh, Iran, but there's so many other hot spots around the world. So we look forward to talking with you next Monday as well. Hey, Carmen, thank you. And I think your analogy is very correct about being um, a son of a king as a Christian being a member of the royal family. It's very appropriate. Thank you, my brother, my fellow my fellow uh, ambassador of the, of the king and the kingdom. I appreciate that. You have a blessed day. All right. God bless. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. We'll be right back. <laughs> okay, so I'm already getting text messages. Okay, I need uh, that analogy somewhere on kingdom and Prince Harry. Um, I need it uh, as, a, as an example of redirecting a conversation today. All right, let me repeat it to myself and to you since, you know, a lot of what I do is off the top of my head. So, uh, so here's what I think I basically said. Is there an analogy to be drawn between those of us who are Christians and therefore uh, sons and daughters of the king and those who are then uh, not only saved by grace with all of the privileges and benefits of being citizens of the kingdom of heaven, but also the responsibilities that are associated with representing Christ to the world today. Like, are there some parallels that we can draw? Are there ways in which, well, you know what? I like all of the benefits of being saved, um, but I don't really like all of the responsibilities of bearing Christ into the world to others. I don't necessarily want to be a person who shares the gospel. I just want to be a person who's a beneficiary of it. Uh, okay. Maybe there's an analogy to be drawn there between what uh, Harry and Meghan are seeking to do in relationship to the British royal family. And maybe that is a way that we could take something that is happening um, on the world scene and, and certainly in the headline news of the day, even in the gossip columns. And we could walk it out in conversations not only ourselves, with ourselves in the mirror, but with others in the world that God so loves. So there you go. And yes, uh, I will attempt to write that up and post it somewhere 
as well. Um, I got 15 seconds left. So I want you to have a great day. God bless. Visit us online at MyFaithRadio.com. Grab today's podcast and share it with someone new. In that way, you can be an ambassador of this show. Have a great day. God bless. Thanks for listening to this podcast of Mornings with Carmen LaBurge from Faith Radio. If you haven't, you can subscribe to automatically receive the podcast through iTunes or the Google Play Music app. That way you never miss an episode. It's also available anytime at MyFaithRadio.com.